Hey friends, thanks for checking out this message from Believer's Chapel today. We hope that God speaks to you in a personal, powerful way. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Word of God with us. Freedom. It's something we cherish in this country. The idea of a free society is embedded into the very core of our nation. Many have died defending it, and many have fought diligently to preserve it. So where has it gone? We've become a nation bound by division, chained by hatred, and consumed by selfishness. There's an epidemic of violence, poverty, brokenness. Does this look like freedom? The Bible tells us we're called to be free, but it also says to use that freedom to serve one another humbly, in love. Maybe that's what we're missing in America. Today, we celebrate Independence Day. Perhaps it's time we recognize that true independence is found only in a lasting dependence on God. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Welcome, everyone. It's good to see you guys. What a great crowd for July 4th weekend. You know July 4th weekend is typically the lowest attended service of the year. And look at all you guys here today. That's amazing. Can you guys just give yourself a pat on the back or a hand for each other? Thanks for, thanks for being here today. We're so glad that you're with us. Um, thank you again for those that are online. I don't know and recognized you already, but I want you to. Thank you for joining us today. I believe that this is going to be uh, just a powerful service. God wants to do some good things. Isn't that good? Aren't you glad we serve a good God that wants to do good things? He wants to do good things in our hearts and our lives today. We are, this is the last um, message on the series in the trench, trenches. And uh, the first week I talked about fight that we have to fight. We're in a fight, right? We have to fight. In this life, we have fights. Some fights are not worth fighting, but many are. And when we, we talked about fighting the good fight of faith. We talked about how that we need to fight for our relationship with Jesus, how we need to fight to um, push against being lethargic or complacent. We need to keep fighting to push forward in Christ. We need to fight against sin, right? Do you guys remember that? It was a couple weeks ago. Uh, you can always go online and watch it if you forget. Or well, if you didn't, we weren't able to come last week, Pastor Joey did a great job. Isn't it great having Pastor Joey? He's running sound today. And he did a great job talking about you know, the boundary lines and how the enemy wants to get us on his side and how, that, how God is like, no, we don't live there anymore. We live uh, in the kingdom of God now. And he did just a great job of explaining and teaching us uh, how that looks and what that, how that works. Today, I want to talk about this last uh, message for the series in the trenches. Uh, the name of this title, the title of this message is, You Can't Win 
if you're tied up. All right? You can't win if you're tied up. One of my roles as a pastor, and probably even if I wasn't a pastor, it's just in me, even as a dad, but even as an individual, uh, is that I have uh, some different spiritual gifts or different things to be able to see uh, into people's lives uh, what God has created them to do and to be. Right? I can look around this room, if I could just talk to you just for a little bit, I could probably identify some things that I believe that God has put on your life that aren't from you, that they're supernatural, right? That God has placed in you. Every single one of you has a purpose. God has called you for, has made you for a reason and calls you to do those things. And everybody is unique and different and everybody has different history and different stories and a different uh, way of how you communicate with God and how God communicates to you. But all of you have a purpose, have a destiny. You were made for a point, for a reason, right? God, right, I say this all the time, God wasn't like surprised the day you were born. He didn't say, whoa, where'd this one come from? <laughs> Put it back. <laughs> you were not an accident. Even if your parents told you you were, you are not an accident to God. You have a plan, you have a purpose, and God has a plan and purpose. And so as a pastor, as a, as a person, I, I, one of mine is to try to get people to raise up to that purpose, to find that purpose and to, to figure it out. At the same time, uh, as many and other of you can do this too, and, uh, uh, at the same time, I can see obstacles. I can see things and weights and roadblocks or chains or bondages on people's lives that are keeping them from the very thing that they were made for. Right? Well, probably some of you can do the same. But it's very obvious to me a lot of times. Um, I do this a lot. I feel bad for my kids. You know, so they, I can see it very clearly, obviously, with my children. I can see it very uh, clearly. Uh, you know, I uh, do this with staff. I can do this with elders. And if, as a pastor, this is, is part of my role. Um, I've also experienced this in my own life, right? People calling things out of me. That God, Rich, you were made to do these things. You were made to pastor. You were made to whatever, it, you know, these different things. But at the same time, people have also identified things in me, roadblocks that have tried to keep me from doing what God's called me to do. These are the very things that are going to detour your life and cause you to go down a path that you don't want to go, right? First, they were called parents, <laughs> Right? Our parents, were, hopefully if you had good parents, your parents would do that, say, no, 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 you cannot do drugs. No, you cannot cross, play in the road. No, you cannot, right? We had parents that said, no, those are roadblocks that will kill your life or steal from you and, not, and cause you to not be what God has called you to be. But the point is, is that we all have a purpose and we all have these roadblocks. Yeah. We all have this calling on our lives. We have this, the Bible calls it, we have a race to run. That's what I talked about two weeks ago. That in, in this life, we have a race to run. And the Bible says, run in such a way as to win. Don't just, oh, I'm going to barely get by, limp it along. <laughs> I hope I can make it through the day. Is that a drum beat for me? <laughs> I hope I can make it through the day. I don't know if I'm going to make it. You know, no, God wants us to run this race in victory. He is very animate about his people being victorious, his people being uh, full of faith to win and run the race in such a way to win. Not just, you know, <laughs> I, I used to coach a lot of different teams. I was a youth pastor for a long time. I coached um, my kids' soccer teams, and I've coached lacrosse some. I've coached different things. And it's really amazing to me that uh, there'd be some kids 
that just, they want to win no matter what, right? I remember this one kid, he played basketball on our basketball team, and he was just like, he was stronger than most kids his age. And he was just so athletic and so um, rambunctious. But he played basketball like he played football. And he would just foul out of every single game. But he wanted to win so bad, and he would just go after it and just tackle people on the basketball court. And he just wanted to win so bad. But his talent, it was, he was good at basketball, but he was a lot better at football. But he wanted to win so bad, he just couldn't. Then I had other kids that were really talented and could shoot the ball, dribble the ball, but they just didn't care. They didn't want to win. They didn't care if they won. You know, and, and so you get this mix of different types of people, and yet the Bible tells us that we need to run. It's, you know, sports in the bigger picture of things, they don't matter. They get it, the Bible says that they get a trophy that will not last. But we do this race to win a trophy that will last forever. Forever. And ever. This has eternal significance, this race. This fight that we're in has eternal significance, right? And so there's this, this, there's this tension, though. The race that has to be run, that each of us have, and run it in such a way to win, and this tension between that and these obstacles that get on us. And these weights are these um, hindrances. These distracts, distractions that keep us. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Has anybody been distracted before? Has anybody been hindered, weighed down, detoured from the wrong way? You can't win a fight if you're tied up. You can't win a race if you're tied up. I hope today that you will see the potential that you have through Christ to win the race that he has marked out for you. And at the same time, that you will see clearly the weights and tendencies that the enemy of your soul comes against you with to keep you from running that race. Some of them are very obvious. Some of them are not. Some of them are very unclear and hidden and cleverly disguised. Some of you are carrying weights and you don't even realize it. The Bible says it like this in Hebrews chapter 12. If you have your Bibles, you can go with me there. <laughs> this is a great scripture. This is right after, we call it the Hall of Faith. You know, they have uh, the Hall of Fame in different places in our society for sports, you know, for Baseball Hall of Fame. That's in Cooperstown. They have the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They have the Music Hall of Fame. They have Football Hall of Fame in Ohio. But this, in, cha in chapter 11 of Hebrews, it's the Faith Hall of Fame. That's what a lot of people say. And it talks about all these great heroes of faith in chapter 11. And how great these guys had this faith to, to move mountains and to cross the Red Sea and to raise the dead and to uh, do the callings and purposes that, uh, to hide. Uh, there's, there's like in the Hall of Faith, I think she's in there, um, the, the Rahab, the prostitute, right, that hid people for, to help with Jericho. They had all these great people that had the faith to help God's purposes and plans on their life. And so they're talking about David, and they talk of, I think David's in there, all these different people, right? We can, you can read it, chapter 11. All these great people. And then it goes to chapter 12. 
where we're going to start right now, okay? So I gave you a little background. It says, so therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. This scripture is telling us that we too have a race to run, and we too have hindrances that we need to deal with. But you know what's really interesting about this whole passage? is that it compares us and encourages us, exhorts us, as if we have the same kind of callings that all those heroes of faith do in chapter 11. Isn't that pretty amazing? That God is no respecter of person, that he has plans on your life, on my life, just as he does in all the people in chapter 11. And if you read the, the scriptures in chapter 11, the Bible says a lot of them, in fact, most of them, never got to the goal of what they thought they would. But because of their faith, they endured, and God still used them in the next generation or, or different circumstances and different ones. The purposes of God were still fulfilled in their lives and in that generation or the next generation. Isn't that really neat? That they endured. So the Bible t talks about this, this, these two things that, uh, you know, that we have this race to run, yet we have these hindrances that would try to stop us. And you can't, you can't win this fight if you're all tied up. So I want to just kind of do a little illustration. My son, Ty, is going to come. Come on, Ty. But um, yeah, you give it up for Ty. I'll get back. Yeah, I got it. All right, so who, who put this in here? Geez, this is like, so I have a backpack full of sand, 50 pounds of sand. And so Ty, he's, you know, he's, I'm his dad, so I even know like specifics of his race. But Ty has a race to run. Uh, today, Ty, I'm going to ask you just to run around this church, but um, you know, you don't want to run. So first you got to run, be able to want to run the race, you know. Some people don't want to run the race and they choose to, you know. You. So, but I, I know Ty's life. I know that he has callings on his life, that God has destiny and purpose on his life. In fact, all my kids, they've been prophesied over that they will be known in heaven and feared in hell. Isn't that pretty cool? And that's on my kids' lives. And um, that God has a destiny, a plan for their lives, that he uh, wants to have them to be winners. In fact, Ty's name means winner. And so they are going to win in life. And so like um, at the same time as his dad, I, I know that there's like some weights, some hindrances, some entanglement, right? I know Ty pretty well. So um, Ty, you need to run this race that God has for you, but what you can't see, I want to reveal to everyone and to yourself. So you need to put this on because you've got a few hindrances in your life. And this is a, this is a pretty heavy weight here. <laughs> oh, and, and, and by the way, I know like you, you've, you, you know, so it says the weight that the Bible says what in Hebrews 12, what does it say? It says, so throw off and let, uh, um, sorry. 
um, let us throw off everything that hinders. So here's all the things that hinder. These are just weights and burdens on his life, right? So let's, let's name some of these. Some of these weights could be hurt, right? Distra um, distractions, um, heaviness from disappointment from others. Uh, what else could be on here? I want you to, I don't, you don't have to name it out loud, but I want you to think some of your own life. What are some things that hinder you? Busyness, right? Um, there's maybe even some good things that hinder us, right? There could be things like uh, we named before, like sports or exercise or work. Uh, last, last couple weeks ago, or last week, we talked about how even good causes can be hindering from the greater purpose at times, right? Like causes to fight against we're going to be fighting against uh, slavery, but even that in itself is no good if we miss out on the greater purpose of presenting Jesus to people, right? So we can, we can have all kind of just distractions. We can just be busy people, right? How many people are just busy people? Is anybody in here busy? <laughs> uh, right? So busyness itself can be a distraction from running the race. We can be so busy that we forget to do what God's called us to do. Uh, we don't have time for God. We don't have time for the calling and the purposes that he has on our life. Um, or we could be like the opposite. We, we could be just like, you know what? Just leave me alone. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to run the race. I don't like to run. Um, I, you know, just leave me alone. I said this a long time ago. Dan talked to, to remind me in my preaching practice. Just leave me alone. I just, wanna, um, I just want my Xbox and my girlfriend. That's all I care about in life, right? Don't tell me about this race I have to run. Right? So we get these, these, these heaviness and, and this distraction in our life. Uh, we also have this thing called sin, right? And so it says also throw off the sin that so easily entangles. So I have some bungee cords. And so, Ty, you're supposed to run this race, but I got I to gotta tie you up a little here. You know, you got to try to run this race, but you've got a couple of bungee cords, a couple of things of sin in your life that I might not know about, but God does. And... <laughs> And it's going to really tangle you up here, and it's going to make, you, make it harder. This feels very good. <laughs> it feels good. It's going to make it harder for you to run. So we'll just put one over here, too, because this, this sin is kind of like tying up your arms, too. So. No, I'm good. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, well, stop sinning, so then you won't have to be tangled up. <laughs> your face is ready, just so everybody could see. All right, so it's really hard to win a race when you're tied up. A penguin. <laughs> it's hard to run as a penguin, yes. So we have all these things, a heaviness on us. We have, we're entangled at, and, and sin sometimes. And, you know, it's funny to me that people will say, well, you know, Jesus will forgive me of my sin. And that is true. But your sin will also distract your life, kill the things that you wanted hope for, and really detour your life. People say, well, Jesus will forgive me. Or, you know, Jesus is okay. Well, let's look at what Jesus said about sin. Just real quick, okay? Just Can we go on a side track just for a second? He says in Matthew chapter 18, this is how Jesus handled sin. And, and by the way, he handled sin quite a bit in the scriptures. He talked about it a lot. And none of it was positive. None of it was like, it's okay. In fact, it, I'll, I'll just read this to you. It says it like this. He says, um... In Matthew chapter 18, he says, Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to stumble. Such things must come, but woe to the person through whom they come. If your hand or foot causes you to stumble or sin, cut it off and throw it away. 
it is better for you to enter life, talking about eternal life, maimed or crippled, than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. <laughs> Jesus will forgive him, I said. You bring that up with Jesus. Jesus came to die for sin, not to approve of it. Jesus came to overcome your sin, not to give permission to do it. So we have these weights that are on us. We have the sin that easily entangles us. And then we say, oh, Ty, you got this. God's got this. This is how a lot of people come to church. This is how people live. This is how probably most of us live most of the time, if we're honest, right? But most of the time, we don't even realize it. We think these sins aren't that big of a deal. Everybody else does it. We think that uh, this heaviness is getting heavy. Uh, this, we think that this heaviness is normal, or we don't even realize that it's there because we're so used to carrying it, and we built up resistance against it. And don't even realize that we even have it anymore. And then people have come and say to us, oh, Ty, you've got this amazing plan for your life. God has all these great things for your life. Run the race. Go ahead, Ty, run. You can do it. And we wonder why people can't do what God's called them to do. It's very impossible to run the race that God has for us when we have this heaviness and we're tied up. <laughs> right? So what do we need to do here? Right? Even as fellow Christians, as your pastor, that we should come to people and say, hey, I know this, Ty, God has an amazing uh, plan for your life, but you know what? You need to look to Jesus and ask him to help you overcome this sin. Because this sin is hurting your life. Cut it out. Cut it out of your life. In fact, Ty, can you untangle that? Get rid of that sin in your life? Or you can't. It's too heavy. You got the burdens that you can't even do. So why don't you throw off? That's what, why don't we do what the Bible says? It says, throw off. Let us throw off everything that hinders. Why don't you just throw that heaviness off of you? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Just throw it right down. All right, and then... then in, And the sin, and cut off the sin that easily entangles. Just, this is what the Bible says to do. It says, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Throw it away. Give it of it. All right. Thank you, Ty. Can you guys give it up for Ty? <laughs> what would it look like if our lives didn't have all this heaviness on it anymore? What if our lives were pure and we weren't living in different sins and hidden sins or habitual sins that weigh us down, that distract us? What would our lives look like? Do you remember when you were young and free? Like you didn't have a care in the world. All of us can think back to different times in our life where it's like, freedom, right? Eric is, you know, got his driver's license and he's got this car and he's like, freedom, I can drive, right? No more bound by having my parents to bring me everywhere, right? Freedom is awesome. And we can fly, it's just like, it's such a great feeling. Remember that? When you first got to drive? Or remember when you didn't have to worry about money or finances because your parents took care of it? Or maybe uh, you remember a time just when you felt most free, maybe when you first came to Jesus and he took all these weights and these sins off of you, you're like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. But somewhere along the line, different things of heaviness and 
different areas of entanglement started to come back in, and, and maybe you're just realizing it now. What would it look like if we could just run in the purposes and callings that God has in our life? How many people would be impacted? How would our church be impacted? How would our families be impacted? How would your kids be changed because they saw you running the race that God has for you? How would this community be impacted? We would see great, amazing results, the plans, the purposes. Some of you in this place have been called to write books that will change people's lives. Some of you in this place have been called to preach that would free people from some of these things that we're talking about today. Some of you have been called to lead small groups that would help individuals to constantly work on the things that we're talking about and help to find them to find their purposes and plans. Some of you in this place have been called to do all kinds of certain awesome, amazing things. All of you were called for something. And so the scriptures... I'm going to close with this, just talk about how that God, uh, how do we do this? How can we really do this? Because you may say, Rich, I've, I've run this race a long time, but I am running it a little slower now because I'm heavier. Um, this weight is heavy. This, these entanglements are real. I'm worried all the time. I'm stressed, whatever it might be. So how do I really get rid of these things? The scripture gives us the answer on this. It says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus had a purpose, and that was to go to the cross for you and I. He considered the joy that it would bring to you and I, the freedom that we could have because of it, and he endured great hardship. Right? And the, the, cha the chapter 11, the, um, the chapter of faith of all these great people, there's one thing, two things that are common in all of them. Two things. And these are the two things that we need to do in this race. Number one, we need to endure. Keep fighting. Keep running. Even if you're tied up a little, even make little steps. Keep going. Don't let the heaviness and the burdens and the sin stop you. The Bible says, though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. Get up again and again and again, and don't ever stop. Don't ever, ever stop. Keep running. Keep enduring. Keep going. Keep going into the plans and purposes that God has for you, because eventually you'll figure out how to get rid of that weight. You'll figure out how to get rid of that sin. Keep trying. People, you know, uh, my uh, family and I, well, more my wife and I, you know, I talk about just different, like, diet plans, right? I struggle with sugar. I love sugar. It's so good. And it's, like, not good for me, right? And so it's like, uh, we try, I try different plans, different purposes, and it's like, oh, I don't know if this will work. I don't know if this will happen. This will probably be another failure. Yeah, but if we don't try, we'll never figure it out. Right? We've got to keep trying, keep fighting, keep fighting against things in this world, keep fighting against the sin that entangles, keep fighting against the heaviness, the past, the unforgiveness, the bitterness. Keep pushing, keep getting help. Ask God to help you. Get with some people that can help you. Get into counseling if you need to. We have a counseling center here now. Thank God. It's amazing, right? The second thing that all these people did, and um, in verse 11, 
is that they had faith. It is by faith on all of them that it says this is, it's by faith the people passed through the Red Sea. It is by faith the walls of Jericho fall. It is by faith prostitute rehab uh, welcomed in the spies. It is because of faith Moses' parents hid him. It is by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be known as, son, uh, as Pharaoh's son of Pharaoh's daughter. It is by faith that Joseph, when the end was near, spoke about the Exodus. It is by faith that Abraham. It is by faith that Isaac blessed. It is by faith that Jacob. It is by faith that all these people did these things. It's by faith. I love that our, the name of our church is Believer's Chapel. It is by faith that you accomplish the things that God has called you to. And by the way, who is the author and perfecter of our faith? If you want to have faith, fix your eyes on Jesus. Because when you fix your eyes on Jesus, he will show you the things that he has for you. If you fix your eyes on the things of the world, you will be distracted, discouraged, and depressed. And you'll never accomplish anything that God has for you. So endure and fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith, who also endured, who also went to the cross by faith, for us. We all have a race to run, but you can't win if you're tied up. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Hey, if you're in this place and you say, you know what, I'm, I've got some heaviness, some burdens, I know it. I've got some entanglement issues. I'm dealing with different sins and maybe even for many, many, many years. This is the week, weekend we celebrate our country's independence. And I'm thankful for our country. I'm thankful for the freedoms that we have. But there's a greater independence that we celebrate every day. And that is the freedom that God gave us through his son, Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross for us so that we could be free from the law of sin and death. Jesus paid the ultimate price for us so that we can be free from our sin. So we can be free and not have to carry these heavy weights any longer. Jesus says, my yoke is light and easy. We need to lay down our burdens, give them to God. If you're here in this place and maybe you've never received Christ, maybe you've never started this journey, maybe you're tied up and entangled in all these different things and maybe the cares of the world and just worried and stressed, whatever it might be, or maybe you're just here today and say, you know what, I realize I have a race to run and I haven't been doing it and I need to do it. And the first step for you is if you don't have a relationship with Christ, is to ask him to God, forgive me for going my own direction, my own way. Forgive me for allowing myself to be entangled. God, forgive me and thank you for what you did on the cross so that I could be forgiven and have a relationship with you. If that's you here in this place with everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed and even you online, if that's you and you say that, you say, I want that relationship with Christ, would you just lift your hands just so long enough so I can see it? Yeah, see your hands. Anybody else? I need that relationship with Christ. Well, you can put your hands down. Would you say this prayer with me, even you guys online? Say something like this. Say, Jesus, I know I've done wrong. Come on, everybody in this place, say this. I know I've done wrong. 
I know I've gone my own way. I've made some mistakes. And the greatest of them is being separated from you. I ask that you forgive me today. That you would cleanse me from all of those sins so that I can be in right standing to be able to have a relationship with you. I believe that you did that for me on the cross. So I receive it today. Now help me to know you better and better for the rest of my life. Amen. Amen. Come on, would you give it up for those that just did that in this place? I want to encourage you, if you said that prayer today, to contact us. You can text that number, 444-2100. We'd love to talk to you about this relationship with Christ and how to take the next steps. We'd love to help you in that journey. We have small groups all over the place called Crews that you can get involved in. We have Grow Track to get started. But more importantly, we'll just, we'd love just to talk to you, just help you in any way that we can. Help you to untangle, help you to get rid of some heaviness. In fact, we're gonna do that too. Uh, right now, Kason's gonna come. Come on, Kason. Amen. As Pastor Rich said, if, if you made a decision for Jesus today, we want you to take an opportunity to uh, text, just, just text the word Jesus to that number, 315-444-2100, because we would love to be a part of you starting your faith journey uh, with Jesus right now. But, but hey, let's take a moment right now. We're not... We don't want to be in too much of a hurry. God's, God is still here. He's still moving. His, his presence is here. His spirit is here. I'm going to invite the, the prayer team to come forward right now. And uh, they're going to be stationed up here at, at the altar. And what we're going to do is we're going to take an opportunity to shed some of these burdens. We're going to take an opportunity to, uh, to let go of some of this stuff that has been tangling us up. We're going to take an opportunity to allow ourselves to be ministered to in this moment. Come on, all across this place, would you just close your eyes for a second? In the Bible, David is writing and he talks, uh, and he, he says this prayer, he says, Search my heart, O God, and, and know my anxious thoughts. Right now, it's important for us to let God search our hearts for the things that are tripping us up. Sometimes you really already know those things. There are glaring problems that are happening in your life, but sometimes there are subtle things. Maybe there's an area of your life where you just haven't submitted something to God. Maybe there's a, a place in your, in your heart where you, you're believing wrong things about yourself and your situation. Maybe you are struggling with sin, uh, maybe you are struggling with uh, belief. There's so many things that can be tripping us up, that can be causing us. But today, you are in a house where miracles happen. Today, you are in a house, you are in a place where God wants to minister to you. You're in a place where those entanglements can be stripped off of you, where those sins can be, can be washed off of you where you can leave this place white as snow. So would you take a second as we pray, Father, 
God, search our hearts right now, Lord. Search our hearts, search our minds, God. Take away everything, Lord, that, that is entangling us, God. Take away everything that is keeping us from you, God. In the room here are people that are watching online, God. I just pray that you would take a second, God, and search us. God, that you would bring light to the dark places in our heart, that you would bring, uh, God, uh, clarity, God, to the, to, the, to the cloudy places, God, where we uh, things have been obscure in our hearts. Father, that you would show us the things that we need to deal with, Father, in this moment, Lord. God, reveal, reveal it to us right now. One of the most important things we can do is, is confess that and lay it before God. The worship team is going to lead us in, in a song right now, but, but right now I want you to take an opportunity to come forward, allow someone to pray, pray with you. Let them be here with you in this moment to help break off these chains in your life. Come on. As the, as the worship team leads us, would you respond right now? Thanks again for checking out this message from Believer's Chapel. You know, the Bible says in Romans 10, 13, that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And it's our hope that you will make today that day to call upon the name of the Lord and to give your life to him. If you'd like to speak to a pastor, please take out your phone, text 315-444-2100, and somebody from our team will be in touch with you. Also, if you're making the decision to follow Jesus for the first time today, text the word Jesus to that number, 315-444-2100, and we would love to celebrate with you. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.